0: Good morning, it's Wednesday, May 27th. We're reading through the Bible, both Old and New Testament. Today, we're going to be reading through 1 Chronicles, chapters 20 through 22. And these three chapters are really important as we see David fighting battles and we see him making uh, sinful mistakes, big mistakes, transgressions in terms of the census. But let's start with chapter 20, the Ammonite War. What's interesting in this passage, though Chronicles does talk about David's sin, in this case, we see the context for uh, the scene of the worst of what David did, Uh, David killing Uriah, covering up his adultery with Bathsheba. And in this passage, we'd have no mention of that. And the reason I say that we shouldn't concern ourselves with the redaction or the editing out of that that story right, is because in the next chapter, chapter 21, we get the story of the census. And the census, of course, is David's pride. It's his hubris. It's him relying on his armies and his forces and not on God as he used to. So we get that picture there of that, of his failure, and we also see that God in that story providentially sets up the building of the temple by him uh, acquiring that threshing floor there that becomes the, uh, the the building pad for the Jerusalem temple that his son Solomon would build. And that's what we see in chapter 22, David getting the supplies together in anticipation of that. So all the things that he needs, there's going to be a lot of collecting of materials because it's the most ambitious building project ever in the Old Testament. And so it is that there's a lot to get ready and he does that and he directs Solomon in the end of chapter 22 to get to working at Building the temple, So we see the transition about to set up. We'll see that tomorrow. But the idea in this text about him preparing for the building of the temple is an important one. David didn't get to do what he wanted to do, which is sometimes a helpful reminder. He would have liked to have built the temple. That's what he desired to do. He told Nathan that. And God said, no, that's not my plan for you. And sometimes we just got to get used to the fact like Moses wanting to go into the promised land. There are things in this life God does not grant us. And sometimes we just need to suck that up and say, we're going to do what God asks us to do even if it's not exactly what I want. And we're going to live without certain things and deprivation in this life. And that's just part of what God sometimes calls us to. In the New Testament, we're reading in John chapter 10 and that chapter, uh, chapter verses 22 through 42, we see the passage here where Jesus in the middle of chapter 10 is uh, celebrating Hanukkah, believe it or not. The Feast of Dedication is how it reads in your text. But that was uh, a non-biblical I say non-biblical in that it wasn't ordained by God as a holiday or a feast day, and yet Jesus is there celebrating it, which is a helpful thing to remember sometimes when people are looking at things on the calendar and saying, well, we shouldn't celebrate that because it's not in the Bible or it's not sanctioned by the Bible. Here's Jesus at the feast on the Temple Mount, walking around in Solomon's colonnade, and he's doing all of that because there's a cultural custom of celebrating the, uh, the Hanukkah celebration, the Dedication of the temple that was rebuilt uh, after the Antiochus Epiphanes destroys it in the intertestamental period. So I just think that's a good observation for us to see Jesus not having a problem uh, engaging in things, doing it biblically, of course, not crossing any lines in any moral imperatives of God. But uh, as part of that context, he's doing what they're what uh, they are celebrating in their day. Uh, he talks about the sheep and the shepherd. We continue with that theme, and uh, we get more about that, that the equivalence that he makes with him and God. I and the fa- the Father and I are one. The great passage there that reminds us as to why the people rightly understood him making himself equal with God and being led to uh, such an anger. uh, They weren't willing to believe the signs or his testimony and wanted to stone him and kill him because of blasphemy. Which of course was telling him telling the truth. Our community imperative today, real quickly, in First Thessalonians chapter two, verse six. We started in verse five yesterday about flattery. In this passage, it says, "Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have had demands, made demands as apostles of Christ." Now, I just put it this way: Don't seek praise from each other just don't seek praise from each other uh, we've talked about that in terms of being an example being careful that we're not doing it for the praise of individuals and I would just state it here as Paul makes a good statement about his motives we're not just trying to seek accolades from you or applause from you so very simply don't seek praise from each other uh, let the the, the uh, praise come from God in your own mind that God will give me whatever he needs to give me in terms of uh, accolades and commendation one day when we We stand before the beam of seat. Uh, We pick up plenty in this life one way or another, it seems, but our motive should not be to try to impress people for the sake of having praise. Or in this passage, it says seeking glory from them. So don't seek praise from each other. That's a good reminder as we think through today how to deal with each other in the body of Christ. We'll be back tomorrow as we continue our reading through the Bible.